Welcome to Virtual Student Experiences, where we inspire students to aspire. For more information, please check out our website at www.virtualstudentexperiences.com. Good afternoon, and welcome everyone to VSC Season 3. Today's webinar will be a webinar focused on photography and media. If you guys are new to our program, Virtual Student Experiences, or VSC, is a pro bono initiative spearheaded for students by students. And we at Virtual Student Experiences want to be the inspiration for aspiration. Our goal is to give students around the world an opportunity to hear from professionals in their career industry of interest in a friendly and casual setting. And if you're a student that knows what you want to do in the future, we at VSC want to encourage, allow, and connect with professionals. Through VSC, students are given the chance to decide if their career choice fits their personality skills, overall interests, um, and personality. Through BC, you'll be able to hear from a wide variety of guests from a wide variety of seniority levels. And to find out more information and to sign up to be notified about other webinars, you can visit our website at www.virtualstudentexperiences.com. And today, our very special guest is Mr. Steve Hartfield. With an hey, education. how are you doing? Yeah, thank you very much. And Mr. Hartfield um, has an educational background from USC and the Los Angeles Film School. Mr. Steve Hartfield laid a firm foundation for his career early in his professional life. He served in the United States Air Force and worked at Lockheed Martin. After his time serving his country, Mr. Hartfield has focused on film editing and photography. He's the founder of HC Post-Production and is an experienced leader, public speaker, and so much more. We're very honored to have you here today. Thank you so much for joining us, Mr. Hartfield. Yeah, yeah, I'm, I'm loved to be here. And then I guess just to start us off, can you tell us from your perspective what media and photography is and really how you got into that field? Man, so I'll tell you, it's, it's a short story. Um, I really was looking for an avenue to enter into after I left the military. Basically, I didn't know what I wanted to do in my life. So I was really searching and trying to find something that really you know, brought the passion out of me. And I had a friend that referred me to Los Angeles Film School to uh, basically pursue film to be able to figure out how I can be able to use the content created for my public speaking. And to be honest with you, when I really started looking into film and uh, TV and as well as photography, I was actually in the middle of my coursework. I was still trying to figure out if I wanted to be a director, if I wanted to be a writer or an actor, but then when we actually had a chance to work on studio, we used a Sony FS5 cinema camera. And when we were using the camera, we were taking some shots of just, you know, a scene recreation. But then I actually had a chance to look at the still shots. And then that's what really, really grew my interest and grew my curiosity at what to really make a good photo. And when I think of making photos, I think of making art. And so a lot of people, they might see it a different way, but you know, when I think of adding production value, I use my film school degree to be able to add to my photography career to show people the value of creating an image that sticks to your mind. Awesome. And then I guess when you're trying to really break into that industry, were there any um, special requirements that you had to meet? Well, I would tell you that the big thing is you have to be a people person. You have to have a lot of great networking skills to be able to really maneuver in the, in the industry because uh, to be honest with you, especially with right now what's going with COVID, you have to be able to learn how to uh, be relatable with other people. This is a virtual environment. You have to be able to figure out different ways that you can market yourself so you can be able to be able to be used on a studio or if you wanna be in post-production or if you just wanna be able to be a production assistant, 
and helping somebody actually, you know, promote the content for marketing. But I think the very biggest thing is, is that, you know, it's just simple things, just making eye contact with people, trying to smile as much as you can, you know, asking open-ended questions, you know, ask about their experiences. I think the big thing is, is that um, when I read a book by Dale Carnegie, um, How to Win Friends and Influence People, he says to be able to get people to talk about themselves. So what makes you an interesting person is that if you're able to get somebody to talk about themselves and their careers and their lives and their families, then that means that will become, uh, that will make them more attractive so that they can be able to offer a relationship to you. So I really don't like people using networking because it has a bad connotation, but I would tell people that if you're looking to build relationships with other people, try to figure out how to wait to develop something with them and not just about work, Try to figure out maybe what you have in common, sports teams. You know, I'm, I'm big on sports. So that's just one way I could be able to relate with people that could be able to help develop a relationship into a potential work opportunity. Awesome. And then I guess focusing in on your education, I guess, can you speak about the role that your education plays to your success and how important is it to go to a name school or get really good grades and study hard in school? Yeah. So I'll tell you what. Um, you know, we all think about, you know, education as far as preparing you for a job opportunity when you go into the career force, so to the workforce. Now, I would tell you that when you're in this university level, it's important to learn how to learn. Um, usually, you know, in high school, we are given a lot of materials and then we're supposed to regurgitate them in order to pass a test. But when you start getting into a more professional environment, especially when you get to graduate school, you're gonna to have to figure out how to do your own research, how to learn for yourself and use critical thinking skills. Now, this is not something you're gonna develop overnight, but it is an effort that you have to start taking responsibility for because if a professor is trying to give you an assignment and you know they're not giving you many details on it, then it will be up to you to do your own research and give the best information that you have available to you. And that might mean collaborating with your classmates, being able to help with other people. But the thing is, is that learn how to learn so then you can be able to learn how to problem solve for yourself without expecting anybody else to do it for you. Interesting. Um, and I guess, can you speak about maybe some of the most important lessons that you took away from education um, that helped you most in your career more down the line? Man, okay. So um, I have three things I was thinking about saying, like, what, what am I going to say? What am I going to say to anybody, right? I think the biggest thing is to invest in yourself. I think the when, when we were talking about how to put yourself ahead of, you know, prospective employees, you know, trying to get the studio job that you want, you want to be able to figure out how you can prepare in advance and then invest in yourself. Whatever you want to do, whatever you have an interest in, there's always a good book to read. There's always a YouTube video to watch. And what I usually do for myself is that I give myself a daily task list and I have to complete a certain number of tasks per day so I can know that I've won the day. So even if you don't know what you wanna do with your life, I think the important thing is find what interests you and then invest into that thing because at least it'll give you some direction. Instead of just being aimless, you wanna give yourself purpose and a mission you know, while you're here, like in the, in the present. So invest in yourself, explore outside the box options. You know, we all understand that when we're given a certain choice and options that we may have to pick between one or the other. But then obviously, if we only see two options, then we have to think to ourselves, what else is available? What else can I really do 
that can be able to give me the result I'm looking for. So always try to consider thinking outside the box. You know, it's a, it's a, it's a very important thing to be able to develop your critical thinking skills to really understand that by thinking outside the box, you have to position yourself in a way to where you can be able to see things a bit differently because usually the visionaries and the innovators of this generation, they always see things a little bit different, you know? And um, I think the last thing I would love to say is just to bet on yourself, trust your instincts. You know, a, a lot of times we second guess ourselves, wondering if we have what it takes to succeed, but people with half our talent is actually doing much more than we actually thought possible. So I will just tell you just to take a chance on yourself. You know, I told myself when I entered the industry, I'm gonna give myself five years. Okay, I'm gonna invest in myself and bet on myself in five years because really it's not about making money at the end of the day. It's about who you become through the process. So if you're able to go on to this new journey of yours and to really pursue and invest in yourself, you'll be surprised at the person you become in maybe two to three years even. It's just about, it's, it's, it's changing your mindset from thinking about being uh, the perfect person and just being a person that's focused on growth and progress. So, you know, I think that's the big thing. Just, just remember that it's, it's important that you pour into yourself now while you have the chance until you're forced to make that decision when you're much older and you have a family. You know, it's very important to do it now while you're in your formative years. Awesome. And then I guess you mentioned um, learning how to learn and what the importance of that is. Um, so for young students, how should they, I guess, start to develop that ability to learn how to learn? Yeah, yeah. I'll tell you this. Um, one thing that I was doing when I was in college was that I was always trying to figure out ways to solve a problem differently. And uh, this may sound unorthodox, but say, for example, if you're doing a quiz or a test, and the teacher gave you one way to solve the problem, then you could have a good exercise with yourself on finding a different way to solve the same problem. And that's just trying to get you to be able to shift your mind from just thinking about one point of, of, of attack to multiple points of attack. So when usually when you go out and you are working in the industry and you may not get the opportunity that you were looking for, that won't really deter you because you'll be have the ability to be able to think of different ways to get to the same result. And that's what it's all about. You know, just that small example of just trying to have a different way to figure out the same problem on your test or even a workbook, you know, just try to see what else, how else can I solve this problem? And it may not be um, what you expect it to be. You just have to really take the time and sit and just think to yourself, how else can I solve this? What's another way I can solve this problem? You know, I wouldn't recommend do it for math because I think math is like black and white, but, you know, try to see if you can do it for like more reading comprehension or, you know, some more like open-ended, you know, but just, just think about it in a different way. Try to train yourself to think about things in a different, uh, different light. So then when you're in a situation where you have to think of a new solution to a problem, you don't have a problem getting there to that point. You, you, your mind is already trained to be able to see how you can uh, analyze things in a different way. Mm -hmm. Yes, definitely. So. And then I guess in terms of activities and extracurriculars that you did and that you took part in in college, um, can you speak to some of the more important ones that helped you to prepare for uh, your first few jobs and internships? Yeah, so, okay. So when I was in university, 
I was uh, in fraternities. I was active in uh, student organizations. So that actually gave me a lot of experience in community service, networking, volunteerism. So I really would say that, uh, you know, try to find an organization or some kind of activity that helps you to relate with people. You know, something that can get you out there talking to people, whether it's for selling tickets to an event or even trying to hold a meeting. You know, I think that's very important to learn about, you know, Robert's Rules of Order, learning about how to be able to like run meeting minutes, how to run an organization, but also learn how to represent your organization so you can learn how to be a people person. And then I would also tell you is to try to find um, either clubs or groups that are involved in your interests. So for everybody that say if you're, whether you're in sports, drama, um, photography, for example, you know, try to find clubs that align with what you're looking to do. I know meetup.com is great for a lot of those experiences, couch surfing, as well as Airbnb and a few others. So, you know, take the extra time so that you can be able to get out of your comfort zone because that's what it's really all about. I mean, to us, we, we, we take fear at such a high value that it enables us from actually growing. So I would just tell you, uh, try to find different ways that they, and they might not even be in part of your university level, but try to find ways to where you can engage into your true passion. Even if you don't know what your purpose is or your passion is, you just have to start with your interests and then just let it grow from there because those experiences will prepare you for maybe a new venture or a new opportunity. And then I guess focusing on um, some of those experiences, can you talk about your time in the Air Force and maybe what some of your responsibilities were and what your major takeaways from that time of your life was? Yeah, yeah. So I was in the Air Force as a developmental engineer. So basically, um, I was a computer engineer by trade when I left uh, college, undergrad. And then when I joined the Air Force, basically, development engineering was more or less project management. So if you can think about it, um, if you're working on a project and say the government is trying to acquire a satellite system, right? So as far as a government representative on my end, I'm basically the kind of guy that's working with the government contractors, working with you know my chain of command to be able to figure out technical specifications for a satellite. So say if you need a satellite that orbits at low Earth orbit or you know medium Earth orbit, you know, I'm the guy in the meetings that was working with, you know, Air Force Space Command, as well as potential contractors on how they can build it, when can they build it, and how much it's going to cost. And so, you know, basically engineering was only one piece of the puzzle, but when you try to put it all together, what you're doing is you're actually managing people at different levels of leadership. And when I was doing that, I was doing that for two years. And then they moved me over to another division for business development. And I think that's where everything started coming together for me because I was actually working with these startup companies on how to do business with the government for the first time. So you can imagine the government has a lot of regulations as far as how they operate with outside vendors. So of course, the Air Force has set up a small business initiative and they basically made me part of the outreach team. So I was working with the vendors on how to collaborate with the government and I was able to, you know, get, I was doing pretty good at that. I got an achievement medal from that one. So I think that was the big ticket for me because it showed me that I have abilities in business development as well as technical skills that I can use for my next career. And so the way that all this translates over 
was that some of the lessons I've learned was number one, public speaking skills. I had to brief in front of leadership, people that were in the military for 20, 30 years at least, right? Mm -hmm. And then I also learned about, you know, being detail oriented when it comes to paperwork. And I think that's the big thing is that I tell people, if you can look good on black and white, then you can look good in color. You know, it's all about making yourself attractive, you know, as far as, you know, we, we had um, like evaluations that we did every year. So you have to figure out ways to make yourself stand out on the resume, on the page, so people can really come and try to hire you for opportunities. So, you know, of course, that was the big thing for me because attention to detail is basically a military, you know, a military uh, tenant. Mm -hmm. And so that train really didn't kick in for me until I left the military. You know, like ironically, right? You get trained to be in the military and the job that you're actually doing may not be the job that you were in training for. But, you know, I know for me and a lot of other veterans, when you leave the military, you don't forget the training. And that's what really makes a difference for you as compared to civilians, because you actually have been in a structured environment where you can be able to really focus and really try to knock out different tasks like in a timely manner instead of just trying to, you know, prolong it and, um, you know, pro procrastinate. Um, I think the last thing I might have learned in the military was really just how to be able to, uh, you know, how to like how to be able to communicate with different sets of people. You know, I think that was the big thing for me because when I was uh, coming to the military, I came from San Antonio, Texas, which is a military town, you know, and so I had the background. But when you came into an environment in Los Angeles, I had to learn about corporate America. I had to learn about military culture. And I had to learn about being in a new state, in a new city, learning about the culture of different people in Los Angeles. And so it just really trained me on how to be able to communicate with different audiences, different generations of people. And, you know, how do I get my point across to somebody that might have 20 years experience? Or how do I communicate with somebody that might have just gotten the military and they're at year one? Mm -hmm. I, I have to be able to clearly communicate with both parties so I can be able to make sure that I'm doing the best job I can do. Really great. I mean, thank you so much for sharing that. I mean, and then focusing on maybe some internships that you had in the media field, can you speak on some of the responsibilities that you held for those roles and some of the things that you learned from that time? Yeah, yeah. So um, this was this was actually back in May. Okay, so May of last year, um, I was doing an internship with a streaming platform service, a startup company, and they basically had me uh, basically editing trailers movie trailers. I was editing as far as podcasts, talk shows. And then they also had me work on, uh, you know, trying to edit uh, a short film, you know, just different promos for short films. So this was all like bite-sized content I was working on and it was remote. So I was able to get that internship with the career service department uh, through my school and they put in a good word for me and I was able to work on the job for about two months. And then basically when the internship ended, I was able to, you know, of course, keep the relationship going with, uh, with my employer. And then that led me into another internship uh, where I was basically digitizing footage. And so just think about it like this, when you're collecting footage on set or if you're at an event and you have to be able to put it, you know, in a digital system, you know, I was the guy that was logging, transcoding information, basically taking everything from the camera, put it into the digital system to be able to use for editing for, uh, for the, for the, you know, for the show, for the award show. And uh, I was doing that for about two months. I went through over 1,000 hours of footage 
with a, a classmate of mine and we were working like around the clock. You know, like whenever we were in class, we had to drive to Burbank. We had to basically work on the footage. I mean, it wasn't a hard job to do. Like, like I would tell you this, media is gonna be a learning curve for people, but when you get it down, it's really not a specifically a hard job unless you're working in either payroll or you're working in creative. Um, but I will tell you this, it is detail oriented and you know, it's a very little margin for error. But I mean, really it's about training. And I think once you're able to commit yourself and really uh, just enjoy the process, then you'll be able to learn a lot more. But I was doing that internship for about two months. And I, I can really tell you, I, I appreciate the long nights. I appreciate the work it took for me because it made me a better worker. You know, it, it gave me the mindset to where I'm not worried about, you know, clocking out at five o'clock. I have to just get the job done, no matter how many hours it takes. Because for me, in my perspective, if I'm able to develop a hard work ethic to be able to really put myself ahead, then that will accelerate my growth as a professional and now it comes to where I want to be faster. And so that's the big thing. In entertainment and media, you have to really commit yourself because there are thousands of other people that come from around the world just to work in Los Angeles. So you have to figure out a way to make yourself stand out. And hard work is just one of those things that not a lot of people are willing to do, but if you embrace it, it will put you so much further ahead, so much faster that you can be able to enjoy yourself later on. So, you know, the big thing is, is that with entertainment, make the hard choices now, commit yourself, basically airport hour mode, like you work from 12 to 12, you know, but if you can commit yourself and you can really, you know, be able to develop yourself and build relationships in that industry, you can really go a lot of places, you know? Yeah, sure. I mean, thousand hours of footage, that most definitely is a lot of commitment for sure. Yeah, that's a, hey, you do what you got to do, you know, and I think that's the big thing is as long as you're willing to say, you know what, no matter how long it takes, I'm gonna get it done. Then you'll be surprised at, you know, at what you learn along the way, how fast you can produce. Yeah, sure. Um, and I guess, can you speak on another experience of yours as actually the founder of HD post-production? Can you speak about your responsibilities as an oversight manager um, and some of the things that you've learned from that experience? Yeah, so I've actually founded HC Post Production April 2019. Uh, the formal name of my company is called Heartfield Consulting. And so basically, I use this company as a production delivery company to outsource services from, you know, writing on the script all the way down to coloring, sound effects, editing, coloring, visual effects, everything you can imagine that you need to make a feature film. And so I basically generate a team of freelancers. They're basically either my classmates from uh, USC or my classmates from LA Film School. And I mean, these are guys and girls that are either camera operators, they're directors, they're actors, um, you know, they might be lighting, electric, they may be, you know, assistant directors, but these are all people that have skills that contribute to the marketplace. But I think the key thing that really separates me from everybody else is that since I'm a veteran, you know, I carried a veteran owned uh, companies as well as, you know, uh, veterans families. Mm -hmm. And so it's a curated process to where I can be able to help people find production services within city and local governments. And so right now, you know, I'm working with the city of Los Angeles for the, the LAFD to edit a video for them. It's a simple little video for some internal content. But I think the big thing is, is that 
um, if you're able to really use your experiences like I did, you can be able to find a niche for whatever you're doing. And I think for me, um, it was just to be able to figure out ways on how I could fill a need for people, how I can solve a problem. And so basically, you have to think about you, myself being the asset, that I'm the person that creates the magic of the company. And so everything that I do as far as marketing, um, from designing my webpage to putting myself on social media, to going out and talking to people, or if it's just me trying to fill out paperwork in order to be able to work on a proposal for a company for, as, a, as a bid. You know, I try to break down every goal I have by task order. So whatever is the most high priority, I get done in the morning. If it's low priority, I might wait till after lunch. It depends on how the day is going, right? Mm -hmm. But I think the thing is, is that, you know, I have a whiteboard over here that I set up and it's just, you know, just do one thing per day in each category. So if I'm going to do one thing in social media, I might post a picture. Or if I want to do one thing, um, you know, as far as outreach, I might make one call, you know, and you just try to be able to develop a habit from there. And so, you know, I think the big thing is you make a decision to commit. And once you commit, then your mind is going to creatively create ways for you to contribute to your business. And so I'm always thinking throughout the day, okay, how can I make my business better? How can I make it better? How can I make it faster? How can I make it automated? You know, and I always think of different ways. And I write it down and I just put that in my calendar, you know, research website development. I might, you know, contact t-shirt designers, or I might, you know, make a checklist for upcoming photo shoot. I'm always thinking of different ways to make it better. And I never let a day go by. It's like a baby. You got to think of it like a child, man. It's like you have a child and you have to feed it. You have to take care of it every day. And people don't understand that business is responsibility. And if you're taking it seriously, then the business will take care of you. But you have to be able to put the time and effort to think about it every day and think how I can make it better. If you don't know the answer, find a mentor that can tell you the answer. And if you don't have a mentor, you can always go on Facebook, on LinkedIn, try to find communities and groups that are aligned with your talents and interests. So then you can be able to ask people that have the same skill sets, hey, what'd you do with this situation? What can I do with that situation? And you just give yourself a chance to find the answers without just giving up on yourself and saying, oh, it's too far-fetched. I can't, it's too big of a goal. If you think about the big goal too soon, you get overwhelmed. But if you kind of break it up into daily bite-sized pieces on how to win the day, then you can really evaluate how you can grow a business. But I mean, I'm everything as far as my business concerned, you know, hopefully I'll be able to hire a administrative assistant soon so they can be able to help me uh, find more gigs and more uh, bids for contractors. But I mean, you just have to take it day by day. I can't do everything at all the time. But what I can do is I can do maybe four or five things a day. And I just, you take the pressure off yourself, let it go. I mean, you can't do everything all the time. You just have to do what you can with the time that you have in the present. Awesome. And then I guess focusing all of your experiences and all of your knowledge, what would you say are the top three skills that you use every single day? Man, the top three skills. I think, okay, so let me, let me, let me think about it like this. Okay. So three things I do every day that gets me further. 
mm-hmm. is um, I have a hunger to learn. So I think I've always had that hunger and desire to learn. I mean, because I realized that the more that you learn, the more that you earn. And the thing is, is that you have to be able to put it into action. So, you know, you're hungry to learn. That's developing the need and the successful desire to learn more. And then I have a habit of where I always try to put action behind my, my thinking. And so I, I, never, I never wait for a perfect plan to manifest. I just try to figure out, okay, what's, what's, a, what's one step I can do, you know? So I'm never afraid to fail. But I think the big thing is, is that as long as I'm willing to take one step in the right direction, then that'll be more than what 90% of people out in the, in the world do anyway, you know? So, and then I think another skill is just, you know, using your imagination. You know, I feel like, you know, in the space I was in um, back in the military, you know, it was very, uh, I guess, left brain where logical systematic thinking, you have to really be focused on the mission and it's, it's, it's basically a right answer or a wrong answer. But when I shifted over to entertainment, now I'm talking to people that think more creatively outside the box. And so now I'm learning more about the idea of using my imagination to be able to develop my business. And so that can be anything as far as creating a marketing campaign for yourself, or, you know, if you're just trying to figure out a new mentor to talk to somebody that you collaborate with, you know, it's not really hard to do, but I know a lot of people have to take a little bit of effort to put in, you know, their imaginations at work. So you know, just take time to be able to really focus on, you know, learning more, taking action and using your imagination so you can be able to really figure out like just if you're not going to know what you're going to do in the next 20 years, it's impossible, you know, but you can figure out what you want to do in the next maybe six to eight months, 12 months, maybe. And if you can figure out what you can do in the next 12 months, then you can just start there and just allow the experience of life to lead you into a path to where you can expand your goals. And, you know, the more that you evolve as a person, the more that you grow, then your, your goals might start growing and evolving. You just have to kind of trust yourself and just take that first step. Don't, don't, don't be afraid to fail. And I think, you know, you'll be, at least you'll be in the right direction. Awesome. Really great. And then on the second to last question, can you give us some suggestions or words of wisdom for students that are aspiring media and photography? Man, okay, so you gotta take the leap. You gotta take the jump. Um, So let me show you this camera I just bought. This is a Sony A7S. This is what you call a DSLR camera. This is a professional grade video camera, but it also takes some good still shots. So, you know, I was on Facebook Marketplace. I got this for about 800 bucks, you know, so, that could maybe mean a couple of months of you working to make some money to get a camera. You know, I think the big thing is, is that you have to take the commitment to be able to take that, that step. And so if it's just either buying a camera or maybe going to Adobe cloud suite and buying Photoshop and Lightroom, you know, you have to make that investment. I think that's the first step is that you tell yourself, I'm going to do this no matter what. And I'm just going to work and save the money or you can ask for the money. I don't know. Maybe I had to, to make my own money, you know, but you were able to really figure out different ways to just get yourself going. And so if you ever have a camera, maybe Photoshop, you know, and start just working on different things. Maybe you could take a few pictures, um, maybe some local uh, 
nature, if you like nature or maybe some portraits of your family, um, you know, figure out how you could be able to use natural light to be able to get you started. And uh, for this lens I use here, it's what you call a prime lens. It's a 50 mil prime lens. So, you know, doesn't have any zoom on it. So when you use this lens, in order to be able to get your shot, you're going to have to move. You have to change your angles by moving your body. And, you know, you can either attach different things to it to make it, you know, um, able to follow and tr do a tracking shot. But I think the big thing is, is that I made the commitment to invest in my business. And so when I invest in my business, now I have to make the money to earn the camera, the, the money back. So now I have to be able to figure out, okay, how can I earn enough clientele so I can be able to make the money back for my investment? And after that, you know, it's pretty much icing on the cake. But um, if you want to get into any kind of media, um, you know, film, TV, scripted, unscripted, it doesn't matter. I will just tell you just to get out there and start doing something like write a script. If you have an idea for a story, maybe write a two or three page script on how you think the story should play out and make sure that you enable all the senses when you write a script. If you're a photographer, take some pictures. If you're um, a web designer, you know, uh, Photoshop, uh, Adobe Illustrator, those are some great uh, tools you can use to be able to develop pictures and graphics and logos for people and just show them your stuff on Facebook or social media or Snapchat or TikTok. Just, you, you have to make people aware of what's available. So when you, when you make the commitment, you invest in yourself, just start telling people of what you do. You are known as the photographer or the graphic designer. So when I want people to see me, I want them to see Steve, the photographer. And then when I have a chance to talk to him, you know, I could tell him I'm military, I'm an author, I'm a photographer, and I also have a post-production company where I can be able to put on a suite of projects for you and your clients, you know, whether it's corporate, sports, or even, you know, uh, making a short film, indie film. It's, it's just about making a relationship first, letting people know who you are and what you're known as. And then whatever else you have to offer as far as services, you know, that will come as the conversation starts to flow, you know? Most definitely. Um, and then just finally, I mean, what are some courses or clubs that students should um, partake in? And I guess what's the typical path that a successful media professional takes? Jeez. Okay. So this is a big one. Uh, there's a, a couple of organizations I joined when I was in college. One was Toastmasters International. That's the basically the hallmark organization for public speakers because you can be able to really learn some great skills on how to communicate with others just by sitting in the room and just doing a five to seven minute icebreaker. Tell people who you are, your experiences, where you came from, what you're here to do. And as you develop the, the actual network of people, of speakers, then you can learn different skills to use while you're either on a stage or if you're in a business presentation, talking to maybe a client or maybe a potential boss. Um, I think another big thing you can think about is a chamber of commerce. And so a lot of business owners, um, they join their local chambers of commerce so they can be able to be connected with different entrepreneurs within their community. So, and this is just on meetup.com. You don't have to go far, but whatever city that you live in, seek out the Toastmasters International, Chamber of Commerce is another good one. Um, man. And I'll tell you after that, I mean, you pretty much are just on Facebook. I mean, especially now, right? You're either on Facebook or you're on Meetup, or I guess they do have some groups for, if you're into couch surfing, you ever heard of couch surfing? Mm -hmm. So, you know, they're 
now, as far as, you know, virtual is concerned, you know, there's a lot of resources out there, but I think the big thing is, is that you want to physically meet people, whether it's a one-on-one basis, like on Zoom or whether it's in person, but you want to get a chance to really show people who you are and, you know, your experiences that you want them to see the passion in your face. You want them to see you and your expressions on how you feel about your product, your service, or your potential business opportunity. So, you know, just try to think of different ways that you can, uh, you know, either join a Toastmaster organization or, you know, uh, just go to a, a chamber of commerce meeting. So then you can kind of see how business owners pitch their ideas, how to communicate with one another. You know, you have to kind of be in the environment. You know, if you want to, if you want to learn a language, you, it's one thing to learn it on a website, but it's another thing to learn a language when you're in the country, when you're actually embracing the culture and really seeing what it's about, not just really learning about it in the book. But I think the big thing is immerse yourself in public speaking uh, and uh, the Chamber of Commerce. Those are the two big ones I can tell you. Awesome. Well, I mean, that's all the questions I have for you today. I mean, I just want to thank you again so much for taking the time out of your day to come and talk with us here at VC and share your knowledge and suggestions for skills and um, really everything that you were able to bring with and share with us here today. Yeah. Can I share one more thing with you? Go ahead. So I wanted to talk to everybody um, as far as a book I created. It's a book called The Seven Navigators. Now, this book is available on Amazon as an ebook for $10. But I think the big thing I want to stress to people is that when I created this book, it was specifically made for high school and college students on how to find direction in their lives. And so I talk about trying to find a true North Star. So, you know, this is about 120 pages. So you probably read this in about maybe three hours if you want to. But I think the big thing I would like to share with you when I made this book is that I was lost just like a lot of other people in this world was. You know, I really know what I want to do with my life. I was, I flunked out of college when I first left um, high school and I had to kind of reset and get myself back on track. But during that time, I had to really figure out, okay, where do I want my life to go? Even if I don't have all the answers, even if I see social media and everybody's rich and everybody's has expensive cars, you know, and that was very discouraging, but I kind of had to ask myself, okay, where do I want to go and how do I get there? And this book is really good at kind of showing you and laying out to you the kind of questions you have to ask yourself so then you can figure out at least the next step to take so then you can feel happy about yourself that you're making progress towards a goal instead of just living aimlessly and being a drifter because that's when life starts getting dangerous when you become a drifter that's when things become unpredictable so you know you can only control what you can control but just you know get in the habit of just asking yourself those questions and that's why i wanted to share that seven navigators is a very good book to kind of get your mind on the right track awesome thank you so much for sharing that and then if you send me the link to that I can include it in our weekly newsletter to send it out to all of our students. Oh, you got it. All right. I mean, thank you so much again and have a nice rest of your night.